2: Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball.
3: 21 carries for 103 yards by George Reed. First down, Saskatchewan, the Ottawa 31. Reed again gets the call, he may be gone! touchdown ready he broke a tackle right at the line of scrimmage and he got that secondary and he wasn't about to be blocked out I talked to George Reed last year just a year ago at this time when he received his national award in Toronto he said his ambition was to play in a great cup game and be on a winner
0: and that touchdown helped the Rough Riders win their first ever Grey Cup in Vancouver over the Ottawa Rough Riders at that time. I believe the score was 29-14, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's the score. I wasn't around for that game. But the beauty of YouTube is that, uh, you know, some social media, some of that stuff is garbage, but YouTube, you can uh, go down these rabbit holes and... Uh, even before I knew George had passed away about uh, three months or so ago, I was just looking up old games. Like I'd go, it's funny. I'll be just like one night, I'm bored. So I'll go the 1984 West Final or the, and then it, it, that takes you to something else. And I watched that entire game. They have, it's on uh, YouTube. So yeah. outstanding, man. Uh, sad day. Zinger, I believe that uh, George Reed is the greatest rough rider of all time. I think Ron Linecaster is the greatest. Uh, figure in CFL history when you uh, bring together his coaching, his playing, and his broadcasting career and just ambassadorship for the league. He's probably the greatest figure in CFL history, in my opinion. Uh, But George Reed is the greatest rough rider that ever played. He he averaged 4.2 yards as a rookie per carry, and he averaged 4.5 yards in his last year per carry. He had 11 1,000 yard seasons of the 13 years he played. And dude was doing it in 14 games, not Mike Pringle, 18 games.
4: Yeah, I was just going to say, like, he's not only the best rider of all time, like, he's. I would say, like, top three player all time in the Canadian Football League. He's yep. the best running back, like you just said. Like all you, time. Pringle had 18 games to work with, and he still only had, like, what was it, 309 yards more yep. rushing than And hey, we like Mike than, Pringle. Don't, yeah, yeah we
0: love Mike Friend Pringle. of the show, but, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? When I go down these rabbit holes... One of the guys I always get drawn into is Dale Isaac. He used to do the games. Dale Isaac, Frank Rigney, and Al McCann. I grew up, they were the CTV West, and then you had CTV East with uh, Leif Pedersen and uh, Pat Marsden. We're joined by the Hall of Fame broadcaster, the legend, Dale Isaac. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I appreciate it, Dale.
5: My pleasure, Michael. Unfortunately, to talk about uh, the sadness of, of George's passing, but... Uh, I, uh, I immediately thought of that Grey Cup game in 66 uh, that you, you played the highlight from because that uh, Grey Cup clinching touchdown by George, it was so emblematic of what he was all about. It's just that he could seal a game like nobody else when it came to like a fourth quarter late in the ball game. We just need a few yards here to help kill the clock and. I think the Ottawa Rough Riders at that point were tired of tackling the guy, and they just said, "Uh, you know, we've had enough of this, you know. And that was just so typical of George. And, you know, I immediately thought of that game. But there's also two other games that come to mind. Mm -hmm. Another one was 1973 when... I was doing the games on radio back in 73 for the Riders, and we were playing in Montreal at the old Autostad, Mm -hmm. and up until that game against the Alouettes, George had scored all his touchdowns rushing, but in that game at the Autostad in 1973, he scored his first touchdown receiving, and it was just such a big moment because (laughs) this is just not like George, you know? But it was just a wonderful evening with uh, with him getting that touchdown on a pass from Ron Lancaster. So it was, you know, it was so emblematic of just their whole Rough Rider history. And then the other one was 76. And of course, he didn't play, he was retired before that season. But what they needed was George not standing on the sidelines at the end of that game. They needed George in the lineup to just get a couple of more yards, and help kill the clock and win that football game. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, but to see George standing on the sideline in civvies in that 76 game was just kind of heartbreaking at the time because, by all stretch, they had the best team. They had a great defense in 76, and they should have won the Great Cup, but unfortunately it didn't work out that way. But those are three games that come to mind talking about George. But of course, George was more than just a football player. He was just such a gentleman. He was just such an accomplished member of the community that just supported so many different functions uh, throughout the year. And, I mean, it just... It was 365 days a year with George. It just, he just was nonstop.
0: Yeah. And it's a good point, Dale. He, he, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I consider him the greatest rough rider of all time. And there have been a lot of great rough riders, but just what you said, not only was he great on the field, but he was just as dedicated off the field. Special Olympics, we got the George Reed Legacy Fund. I know Bob Hughes and him were tied at the hip until Bob's unfortunate passing. Um, so that's why I do consider him the greatest rough rider of all time. How do you feel about that? that
5: yeah i i do agree with that and uh, i i go a step further because george was and always will be a rider he came to the riders he played his entire career with the riders he retired as a rider other players like ron lancaster you know started in ottawa then came to the riders then went on and continued his cfl career as Coaching Grey Cup winners in Edmonton and Hamilton, and then also being a broadcaster. So his his legacy in the CFL is is, is covers it, you know, from one end to the other. Whereas George was and is legend Rough Riders. And that was it. I mean, he—he's just a bona fide green and white rough rider from start to finish. Was never any other team involved in his career.
0: We hear a lot about uh, the recently departed Jim Brown and what a great athlete he was. And he was the epitome of a running back. He really was the CFL's version of Jim Brown, in my opinion.
6: Absolutely,
5: yeah. Uh, they're very similar running styles. You know, uh, the thing with George, you know, he was—he was, he was uh, Kind of like a hybrid because he wasn't really a tailback and he wasn't a big fullback. He was maybe a little bit undersized as far as a fullback goes, but he could fill both roles. He could outrun a few people, which surprised some every now and then, but most of the time he could just power through tackles. And I mean, when I mentioned about the Ottawa Riders in that 66th grade, I'm, I'm darn sure that they just at the end, towards the end of that game, got, got so tired of trying to tackle this guy that they'd had enough. I mean, in that, that touchdown and he scored to clinch the football game in 66 was a perfect example of that he was just uh, a a tremendous back and you know those were the days michael there was no pitch count there was no number of carries that they were worried about if you needed the 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 clock to be wound down and you just wanted to keep handing the ball to george 30 35 times you know he'd take it that was his job no that's never complained he just kept Playing the game the way it was meant to be played, he was a consummate professional.
0: This that's why this guy Dale Isaac's a legend too because you're absolutely right. I actually just before we had this interview, I went back and watched the, the the tail end to pull that clip, and the play before he scores the touchdown, he runs for about eight to ten yards up the middle, and he got tripped up. And when he got up, he kicked he kicked the ground going back to the huddle, and the announcers made mention of that because he was mad at himself that he didn't score. And then what they do, they just hand him the football again. He takes it for a touchdown, and I agree. Ottawa was like, "Oh, we're not dealing with this guy. Let him score." So you're out. Uh, So, you're absolutely right, uh, Dale. Um, How was he to deal with? Because, you know, in today's day and age, when people are great, in a lot of cases, they act like a bunch of jerks and, uh, and, you know, and they're kind of standoffish with the media. What was George Reed like to deal with with a young Dale Isaac uh, interviewing him and and dealing with him?
5: Well, you know, George had a a very laid back, humorous way at times. And, uh, yeah. I know, you know, I I was I was nervous every time, or at least <laughs> the early times I tried talking to him. And the first first time I ever interviewed George was back in 72. And I, I was like a lot of young broadcasters back then. I was just kind of in awe of both of these guys, Ronnie and George, or George and Ronnie, however you want to put it. But he, he used to just, you know, kind of give you this, this little bit of an attitude but he wouldn't say much but then he would laugh at you and he would get (laughs) you going a little bit and and he had a way of just making you eventually feel so comfortable you just you like you'd known him for years I mean yeah but every once in a while he'd get this this little you know dig at you you know but it was all in fun it mm-hmm. was never meant maliciously or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He was just a super individual to deal with, and uh, he just liked being um, uh, you know, not the center of attention, but he just he just loved just being one of the guys, and that was that was the way he performed. It just he was a team guy first, and always always presented himself that way. It was just never about what he did. It was about what we did, and he was constantly putting that that effort out there. But can I just add one thing? You know, mm-hmm. I I just was thinking about this over the last day and a half. You know, so many Saskatchewan people go elsewhere to gain notoriety, fame, celebrity, what have you, whether they're athletes, whether they're politicians, whether they're entertainers. Then you had George and Ronnie come to saskatchewan and gained all that national attention and adulation and that was an amazing thing they came they played they stayed and and, and george especially was uh, was the guy because he was a a full-time rider from start to finish of his career and that always amazed me these two guys came to saskatchewan and became stars
0: yeah, that, you know, I'm glad you, I'm,
5: well I'm
0: glad you brought that up because I was just about to say a true story. I just uh, told Sean when I asked Dale this. He, he was a guy that really, uh, he embodied Saskatchewan. He's American that bought into what Saskatchewan was all about, values the people. And we're going to have Jim Hobson on uh, after four o'clock. Tip of the cap to Jim for bringing him back. He went to Calgary, was down on yep. his luck. And Jim Hobson was instrumental in bringing him back to Saskatchewan and getting George Breed back to that place of reverence here
5: absolutely correct because uh, you know jim did a lot of things when he became president of the saskatchewan Roughriders, fighters and that was one of the most important things he ever did
0: Yeah, I agree, man. It wasn't a great deal at the end. I know you watched from afar in Saskatoon, but in-house, George Reed is at every game, and he was at the last home game that the Rough Riders had. Uh, People saw him there when he was driving out. Actually, the game before that, Labor Day, he was going out on his uh, mobilized chair there, and it was high-fiving fans right in front of his statue out front. I mean, he was a Rough Rider right till the end.
5: Absolutely, and I hope that this week, that this particular team of 2023 realizes just what the Ryder legend is all about, and what Ryder Nation feels for this number 34 that will never be worn again, because I hope this brings out something special in this current football team.
0: I agree, Dale. Thanks for your time, and It's always great to chat with you, and uh, we appreciate the great memories.
5: Okay, thank you. Anytime, uh...
0: That's awesome. Dale Isaac joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back we will hear from Andy McNamara. We'll get a little bit of betting on. We're still going to talk plenty of Georgie, Jim Hobson, Don Hewitt to join us, Craig Reynolds and Rob Vanstone. You're listening to the Sports Cage on this uh, holiday Monday on 620 CKRM.
3: B&A
7: Petroleum is a southern Saskatchewan family-owned business that's there for you. They've been
0: supporting their clients for over 30 years with Locations in several communities throughout the southern part of the province. BA Petroleum is available for all your bulk fuel and lubricant needs, with propane at selected locations Monday to Friday. And don't forget, their card lock location is accessible 24 hours for your convenience. BNA Petroleum, fuel you once, fuel you forever.
2: Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Man, that's fun. That's one of the cool
0: things about my job. I, I get a little radio or TV nerdy. Like I grew up watching all these CFL broadcasts, dreaming about being a CFL broadcaster. And I, that's a guy I looked up to, Dale Isaac. Like he was. He could have been NFL. Not saying that being a CFL announcer isn't great, but he could have been NFL. Yeah, but he, he, just wanted, talent, yeah. he just wanted to stay here, yeah. which I loved. Sweet gig. Sportscaster, and then got to do the national broadcast. Uh, by the way, it, it would have been George Reed's 84th birthday today. This was pointed out by our friend Pat Janix, and also Gordy Gilroy made mention of this, too. George died on October 1st, twenty. Twenty-three, which adds up to thirty-four.
4: Mm-hmm. Kind of ironic. Tenth month plus the one day plus, plus twenty-three.
0: Three, yeah, yep. thirty-four. By the way, before we get to Andy McNamara. Tell us quickly about your your dad's kind of devastated today because that was his boyhood idol, and there's a lot of uh, my timeline with all the pictures and stuff. You want to know a man's greatness check about how people remember him when he's dead? George Reed's right at the top. So tell me about your dad Patrick's uh, thoughts, uh, one of the games
4: he remembers. My dad was driving me, uh, was taking me to work today, and he was telling me uh, the story about uh, he always used to sit, my dad used to sit in Section 13 in the North End zone there, Yeah. and he remembers vividly one play George Reed. He broke a long run. So he was running towards the north end zone for a touchdown and he got absolutely popped and like his helmet fall, his helmet flew off and blood was running down his nose and stuff. And my dad said he remembers uh, George going to the sidelines and he got a bunch of like cotton uh, balls, you know, put, Put up his nose, and then he was out there like a day or a, a play later, still like bleeding. And it's just like, it just goes to show you what kind of player you know he was. Oh, just tough as nails. I I really do.
0: Anyway, weigh in with your stories. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. You could call two will squeeze you. Nine three six sixty two sixty two or one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. Even if you didn't watch George Reed play, he probably touched your life in some form or fashion at a dinner in the Safeway or something. Probably I'll never the forget
4: fiction. the. uh, first season of the new mosaic stadium i, I yeah. was there as a fan i was sitting in the north end zone and i just you know i stood up to i think to get a drink or something and then all of a sudden i i looked behind me and george reed was sitting right there because you know you obviously knew knew where he sat at the stadium so i was like holy smokes it's like And it was one of those moments I kind of felt like numb because he's like that type of figure that can make you like...
0: Well, I said this. I said this. We're off Craig Reynolds on. I don't know what... They had a little press conference today, but every ticket should be $34 for the game on Saturday. And if if season ticket holders have already paid, they should get a refund to $34. Like, you know what I mean? So their ticket's $34 for this game or applied to next year. Because... They gotta do something or hand something out. I hope they always went up to him up in the upper. At some point, we all stood and cheered for George Reed at every game, like when they showed Jim Brown mm-hmm. in Cleveland. I hope that that area is cordoned off and yeah. it's a, like a shrine for the game yeah. for the rest of the year for the last two home or games sh-
4: or or permanently they should put yep. like something there yep. like a like a chair with and number some, 34 on, on it. A good
0: point and something should be named in Regina that isn't in some far away like subdivision where it's like Elgard Way or something. Mm-hmm. There should be something predominant in Regina named after George Reed more than just the statue. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Which, by the way, you're right, should be on a pedestal, saying it's George Reed and Ron Linecaster. I was looking at that. Anyway, let's head yeah. out in the Western Pizza Hotline because this guy here is a Cleveland Browns fan, so he'd know about uh, Jim Brown and what he meant. I don't know how much you follow the CFL, Andy, but uh, George Reed was our Jim Brown, so that's kind of that's kind of significance of this passing.
1: Yeah, and no, I'm sorry to hear about that. With uh, I know how important he was to the to the area, to the franchise, and and all that, and, and certainly. When you have those epic figures for, uh, different teams, you know, pick your sport. You always want to try to find, and it's always difficult, try to find the right way to honor them. Like for the Browns, Jim Brown had a statue built a couple of years ago, so he actually got to see that. But for this season, since he passed, they have the big number 32 on the field. They have the, uh, deco on every team's, uh, or every player's, uh, Jersey and you know a couple other ceremonies and stuff like that. So they've they've done what they can,
0: and, and that'd be great. Add thirty. I never even thought of that. Put thirty four on the carpet. Why not do that? There you go. Yeah, there's oh. a way to do that for the for the rest. Ra- can you imagine running out and having thirty? The Tiger Cats don't stand a chance on Saturday. Like right. Co- Coach Dickinson should easily be able to just get these guys fired up. They don't stand a friggin' chance. You know, kick some ass anyway. Name those kitty cats. Yeah, your now, now your now <laughs> your Browns were were what watson listen! It it kind of looked that way. You guys got absolutely
1: shellacked. Yay, man. This I put squarely at the feet of Kevin Stefanski, the Browns, 28-3 defeat embarrassment at home, and I'm glad I was in town the previous week when they put the boots to the Titans. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad I wasn't there yesterday. Um, I I don't blame Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a fifth-round rookie, for Kevin Stefanski trotting out the same game plan that you would have had Deshaun Watson run. He has been notorious for being poor to adjust on the fly. And we saw that. Deshaun Watson they had him throw in-game. Apparently, he was medically cleared, and he said, nah, don't feel so, don't feel so hot. And so he sat. Uh, I could have, and many of the Browns fans I talked to, Balzy, could have called that game much my uh, Much simpler. <laughs> you were getting four, five, six yards per carry on the ground, and you have the guy throw a five-yard out. And just keep rinse and repeat and have your defense do it. They didn't. Terrible coaching. And now the Browns are two and two to go into the bye week.
0: Crazy man, crazy, absolutely crazy Hey, The Miami Dolphins, they're nice They're a nice team to watch, they're fun to watch They can throw it around the field Obviously it'll be great for fantasy players But honestly, I, they don't have the dudes on defense Like Buffalo mashed them again mm-hmm. They don't have anybody that can contain Josh Allen there will be a nice story, but they're not winning anything they're, they're just not It's nice
1: early in the year, but not late Well, certainly came, Isn't the NFL funny? You come, you're the darling. 70 to 20. Who can stop the Dolphins? Oh, you lost 48 20. All right. Let's, uh, let's roll on to week five, right? Like yeah. it, it happened so quick. But here's the, toast
0: toast here's the thing. Here's the thing, Andy. Andy, here's the thing, though. You, 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 you mash the Broncos defense, which is overrated. You match, oh, yeah. you, you mash the Chargers defense, which is, uh, terribly coached, but the two coaches that actually have some defensive acumen, Bill Belichick and Sean McDermott, they, they kind of kept them in check.
1: Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. Um, I will say this, though. Um, the rookie running back, Devin Ashain, yes. uh, impressed me for a second straight time because, look, okay, people are like, oh, he, him and most got four, they had double Al Bundy games, four touchdowns in one game, right? They, they doubled that up and it, which one? It's like, okay, well, let's see after that game. And now we're seeing a Shane start to rise up. And it's still a committee, and you still have Jeff Wilson coming back, but at least we we start to see some separation in that Miami backfield. But, yeah, the Bills, they're going to be a little wild because Josh Allen's going to make some stupid mistakes, but – Boy, he is fearless, and that Buffalo defense is pretty good. I would,
0: if I had any Patriots on any of my fantasy teams, I would dump oh, them. They've absolutely, them. that's the worst I've ever seen Bill Belichick's team play. Mac Jones is not an NFL quarterback. I don't no. care what anybody says.
1: No, Balzy, I could tell you, and I've said this on your show many a time since he was drafted. I can find you a Mac Jones in the fourth or fifth round every single year in the draft, every year. Every year. See, you have to think about this. For a first-round quarterback, you should have an exceptional trait. There is nothing exceptional about Mac Jones except that his real name is McCorkle. That's the only (laughs) exceptional (laughs) thing. That's true. That's what I can't get past. That's true. Nothing else. He can't throw it too deep. He's not overly tall. He's not overly fast. There's nothing exceptional. He's an average dude. And you see that offense absolutely stinks. And the Cowboys got another cakewalk there to go to 3-1. and one.
0: Yeah, they certainly did, man. Hey, what'd you make of that Sunday night game? I mean, I thought Zach Wilson uh, played the game of his life. Uh, unfortunately, he looked like Zach Wilson at the end and fumbled.
1: Yeah, well, you did. I'll, I'll tell you, there was a lot of money in Vegas lost because people were taking the alternate point spread that the, the Chiefs were – it was eight-and-a-half-point favorites, and myself included. I'm like, I'll take 14 easy on that, and why wouldn't you? Yeah. But sometimes, you know, the old, the, maybe the Taylor Swift uh, distraction is coming through. I, I'll tell you this. I can't wait until Travis Kelsey, something happens, and Taylor Swift, either by her own uh, side or somebody releases, she says something that pisses off the Chiefs. It's going to happen and then how do you react it's, it's it's been a gong show it's crazy yeah
0: you know what's going to happen is they're going to break up and then a bunch of 14 year old girls will be all over Travis that's, Kelsey that's what's going to so happen true. that's what's going to happen so true. hey tonight tonight if the Seahawks win i win 100 bucks because Ooh. because i took the charges i took the money line i took the 49ers money line i took the uh chiefs money line i took the seahawks money line and i took Dallas new england under 43 and Dallas just ate the ball at the end and, won, and it was a 41 so that's great. So am I are the Seahawks going to win?
1: Yes. Seahawks are winning this ball game. Okay. Seahawks are winning this ball game. I think so. I, I, I feel think very so too. Confident.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I, how about how about a prop
1: bet? You got a good prop bet for tonight's game? <laughs> I got a couple here, so it depends how risque you want to get. Because this is a tricky team; it's not necessarily the same offense as a year ago for the Seahawks and as explosive. And the Giants have been shut out and they've popped like thirty. So mm. where do you go? I'll give I'll give you sort of two and, and plus one if you want to get a little more risky. Sure. So the two, I'm very confident in Geno Smith over 275 passing yards. That pays out at plus 130. And Darren Waller for the Giants. Over four and a half catches, that's minus one hundred five. Because who the heck else are they going to throw to? And a little extra there, I'm going to take the under forty six and a half. And you know, you put five bucks on each of those. You're doing uh, you're doing all right. So that's what I'm saying. Geno Smith over two seventy five passing yards. Darren Waller over four and a half catches, and then then a little more risky under forty six and a half total points.
0: I like that. I really like that. Hey, where can they find your stuff, Andy?
1: Oh, man. Well, I got shows Tuesday and Sunday on YouTube. The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara and on Twitter or X at AndyMC81 at SickPod Browns on Instagram and TikTok at AndyMCSports. Fantasy football, not just Brown Stock. There's some Brown Stock, but fantasy football, betting tips and all that good stuff. And the uh, next one comes out uh, tomorrow.
0: I'm having fun all the time with this guy. We'll talk to you later in the week. All right, brother. Good stuff. Talk to you soon. Take care. That's Andy McNamara, our NFL betting expert. When we come back, Sean and I are Coach of the Week, and we'll have a little baseball talk, and then uh, take you a trip down memory lane to that uh, game in BC with Ryder Rewind, and Rob Vanstone, too, with his thoughts on the passing of the Ryder great George Reed. Your text and phone calls to 936-6262 in town, toll-free out of town, 1-866-767-0620. Thoughts on... The greatest rider of all time, George Reed, here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
7: The early bird deadline in the Rough Rider and Children's Hospital Foundations Lottery is this Friday. Don't miss your chance to win the Hello Lake Life Early Bird Prize. Head to the lake with your new Jeep Gladiator and Axis Wake Boat or take $235,000 cash. Plus, there are 10 incredible grand prizes, including your best chance to win $1 million. Your support makes a difference in the lives of kids across Saskatchewan. Hurry, the early bird deadline is this Friday. Visit riderschildrenslottery.ca and get your tickets today. Lottery license lr two three zero zero three zero. Please play responsibly.
2: Each week, the Sports Cage highlights a coach making a difference both on and off the playing surface. This is the Coach of the Week.
0: Well, usually we go local here, but let's—we got it with the baseball playoffs coming up. Our honorable mention is Tori Lavulo. He is the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. They weren't expected to do much, and they made the playoffs supplanting my Padres who are expected to be there, but our man, our uh, coach of the week is the manager of the Miami Marlins. They got that brand new stadium that nobody goes to because they were crappy, but they're good now. They're in the playoffs. Skip Shoemaker is our uh, coach of the week, and with that zinger, let's get into a little baseball talk here, okay? Before we get to Ryder, I'm on excited it, okay? for this. Yeah, now uh, we'll get to the Jays in a second. Uh, we're gonna have Ken Kornack, who is the uh, voice of the oakland a's he's agreed to come on and be our baseball uh, expert so uh in terms of uh, playoff experts we're gonna ask him we're gonna get him to tee up these different series okay
4: yeah it's gonna be interesting man
0: yeah so we got the rangers and the rays i think we're mm-hmm. all happy the jays didn't play the rays in round one rangers and the rays they start tomorrow in tampa now did i hear you correctly are all the games at the home teams park mm-hmm. that's brutal
4: yeah, I, I believe that's the way it is because it's a three game series and. It's bang, bang, bang. Yeah. But that's brutal. Come on. What's the point then? Yeah. Well, that's. It just puts even more importance into the regular season. I guess games so. Got, I you, guess so. Yeah.
0: Fairness to you. Okay. So we're at Tropicana Field. For all three games,
4: Rangers and Rays. I'm picking the Rangers to win that series. Picking the Rangers, yeah. I, I feel like I, I feel like the Tampa Bay Rays will get by the Rangers. I, the Rangers had a hold of the AL West all the way until yesterday, and they yeah. blew it. And the and the Astros leapfrogged oh, okay. them. Okay, I'm going so with you. They're, Rays. In, the, they're yeah. in the dumps. Yeah, Rays. They thought they were getting the buy in this wild yeah. card round. Yeah.
0: So I go. I'm going Rays. You're right. Brewers, Diamondbacks. This shouldn't be close. I got the Brewers. Brewers should win. They've got a three pitchers that could in like that kind of series will get them to the next yeah. round. That, that, That'll be over in
4: two. Yeah, I think the Brewers are going to get by them. I, I actually like the Brewers going yeah. a long way. But yeah, I like the Phillies
0: going a long way too. I think the Phillies will beat the Marlins, and it probably won't be close. Yeah,
4: it's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the. Mar, I'm gonna ride with the Marlins. Do You okay. know why? Because Kyle Seifert, the voice of the Marlins, is a friend of the show, and I'm riding. That's going to be my National League team. It's a friend in the post-season. of yours. He
0: hasn't been on with me. He's been on with you. Hey man, we can get him on anytime. Okay, well we'll get that happening. And. uh the Jays and the Twins. This is exactly what we wanted. The Twins are notorious for blowing it. Who do you got in this series? I don't think, pick. Don't pick with your heart. Pick
4: with your head. If you had to bet Casper's college money, who are you taking? I don't know because the Jays have been so streaky. But I, th- they backed into the playoffs, man. When you they w- lost out. Uh, when you look at the overall schedules this year between the Blue Jays and the Twins, yeah. like the the Jays have played way more games against like teams over 500 and like playoff yeah. teams. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Jays in in 3 games. I I agree. The Jays will win. Um but I'm going to tell you this right now.
0: We're on different ends of the spectrum here. What the Jays did to celebrate was ridiculous. You lost out You didn't win, you lost out. Now, maybe they were celebrating because they didn't want to have any part of the raise, and I get that. But you don't look like you just won a World Series. That's stupid. You got, put the goggles away, put the champagne away, and go to, Try winning a series. If you beat the Twins, I'll give you the celebration. Don't give me that now. That looked like... That was terrible. I,
4: I, I'm kind of like... new. I, I don't like it. You're I, not neutral. I, I'll tell you this. These dudes play 162 games, man. It's baseball. They play 162 games. They play every single day for six months straight. You don't think that... You don't think that would be hard? Why not let them crack a couple bottles because they made the playoffs. It's hard to make the playoffs in baseball compared to like the NHL and NBA. Everybody makes the playoffs. Major League Baseball only a select few. I know... Like years prior, only four teams. Like years ago, only four teams from each league would make it. Now it's you do you know, expanded. The, do
0: you see the NFL guys popping champagne bottles because they got a wild card? Yeah, we got a wild card. Jacksonville Jags. They it, don't do that. It's 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 a different. And those dudes are putting their body on the it's line. It's a different
4: culture. It's a different type of game, man. Just let them pop a couple of bottles. Like who cares? It's a big accomplishment. These guys play every day. It's a big accomplishment. They clench the playoff spot. Yeah. It, it is a reason to celebrate. Okay,
0: well we're on different ends of the uh, spectrum. Leave them alone. So I've got the Rays, the Brewers, the Phillies and the Jays. And you've got the Rays, the Brewers, the Marlins, and the
4: Jays. Mm-hmm. All right. And if the Jays beat the Twins, they would go on to play the Houston Astros.
0: They could beat them. Yeah. If the pitching holds up, the pitching's what's going to hurt the Jays. I like the Jays in a short That's series. A I don't series. like them in a lot. They won't beat Houston.
4: The ALDS, remember, is a five game series. Yeah. So if they get by this wild card yeah. round, yeah. It's, uh, it turns into a five, and then the league championship, seven. Yeah.
0: Anyway, let's. Let us go, uh, Zinger. Now to a uh, to this. Hit the hit, hit the music.
2: Yeah. All right. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM do know if we got any texts, but keep them coming. Nine three six
0: sixty two sixty two. You can always call us nine three six sixty two sixty two one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. The big sports story: the greatest Rough Rider of all time, George Reed, passed away at the age of eighty-three, one day shy of his eighty-fourth birthday, which it would have been today. So our thoughts and prayers to his daughter, Georgette, rest of the family, and all his friends, which are, judging by my timeline. On my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, numerous. Um, Riders are stumbling bad. They've lost four straight... Uh, three straight on the road. They can't win on the road. Uh, hopefully they can come back here with the uh, 2013 team in tow and we'll be talking tie about cats that. The Ticats have no chance. The, tie cats, it's like the It's like the 2013 Great Cup. They actually <laughs> have no chance. If the Riders can't win this game, they should be embarrassed. The. I will tell you this. Well, let's roll them. Let's roll the music and then we'll talk after. Here's Vernon Adams Jr. throwing. What? But- player. Here's the hole. The kick is on the way. End over and boot through the yellow uprights and the 39th field goal of the season for the veteran, Sean White. Gives the BC Lions a five-point lead. Lines backed up at their seven. Play action. Vernon Adams has time to throw. He's going up top. And that one is caught. Keon Hatcher down the far right sideline. Second down and long for the Rough Riders. Fake the drop. play. They throw it out here to this side. Drop by Tevin Jones. Right into the hands of the defender. And it's intercepted by Gary Peters Oh man, Tevin! Swing it out here, left side first Sean Bain Jr. breaks free He's down the left sideline, BC 50 And he's forced out of bounds Takes the shotgun, snap, drops the pass Throws down the middle, it's caught That's Amelis at the 10, at the 5 And he drags tacklers Here's Antonio Pipkin Dives for the end zone He got around the goal line. He's in. Touchdown, Saskatchewan.
8: Sean White at 50 yards.
0: As long as is 51. This is down the middle, out of the hole, to Flintoff, the punter puts it down. The kick is on the way from White and over end, and that one is good. He's money. 48 far right hash out of the hole. To Adam Korzak puts the ball down. Lother swings his right foot through the football. It's up and it is good. Brett Lother. comes the rush. He throws down the middle. That's caught in the pose That's a touchdown for wow. Keon Hatcher. Va's got time. Vernon Adams up top. Down the middle, wide open, and Hollins had a stop for it, and he will jog into the end zone for the 71 yard touchdown. Stalled down for a 12-yard field goal. See if the Riders can do that here. Vernon Adams with an empty set off his back foot. Wow. Throws to the left side. Wide open. Touchdown. Alexander Holland. Second of this quarter. dolagala has got time. He's going to throw it here to the left. Complete the breaks break to tackle. Down this left side and he spins away and is finally brought down by Adrian Green. Here's Dolagala throwing the corner out far side. Oh That's goodness. intercepted. Picked off by the BC Lions. That was underthrown. Dolagala. Hands off to Bertrand Hudon and he scores his first Canadian Football League touchdown. Thomas Bertrand Houdon kicking it right to left. He'll kick it to this near side. Puts his right hand in the air, puts the ball high into the air to this near side. And it's caught by the did the Riders get it? They had I'm a man there that had his hands on the ball. And I think the Riders got a short kickoff. Dolagala. Hands it off to Bertrand Houdon, puts yeah. his head down, and he... That's the same thing. Smashes into the end zone for a second straight touchdown for the former Delaware State. The B.C. Lions, 33, the Saskatchewan Roughriders, 26. C.J. Revis, our defensive game, start with two quarterback
8: sacks. Luke's with him two quarterback sacks today, man, it's gotten to the point where they just can't take you off the field. Um, talk about just sort of your continued development here and, and sort of what you think about today's game and the result.
9: Honestly, um, I mean, it's not. It's, it's always a sour taste in your mouth when you lose, you know, so that's still on my heart right now. I can't really think about anything else, but I mean, yeah, two sacks is good, but we still, we still need to get some, some wins, man.
8: You know, this team has had real trouble keeping teams out of the end zone, right? Um, and, and I think that in the Canadian Football League, if, you, if you're able to turn turn those Field goals, you got a chance, right? Talk about like, is there anything that you see that that isn't happening, or especially in the in the red zone?
9: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I feel like if I if I had the answer, I would try to give it to our guys or try to figure it out myself. But you know, on that last one in the end zone with me, uh, it just out leverage me. You know, so that's just the leverage play right there. But like I said, we got to just do our jobs. We got to always do our jobs and just trust the defense. Whatever it's telling us to do, we got to just trust it and do our jobs. Man, it's about trust and playing together. Well, the the uh,
8: one of the problems too is is. You haven't been healthy, right? Uh, this is a team that's that's moving guys in and out. You had Kreef today playing halfback. Yeah. Talk about the effect that has, especially in the practice week.
9: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that has too much effect because we all, we, I think, as DB, we, we can all play all positions. I think it's just getting chemistry out there and playing different positions, just getting chemistry together and having trusted that, you know, the guy can be there and play with you. And I did by myself. It's just more 12 on 12 instead of 1 on 12, you know.
8: You got eight days till your next game. Uh, What was the feeling in the locker room about looking forward there?
9: Man, it's just like I said, sour taste in our mouths, man. Just I'm tired of losing. I know, I know, our whole team is tired of losing. So we gotta figure it out, man. Whatever we gotta do, we gotta figure it out.
8: For you, is that a motivating factor? Is it something that that gets you to work harder, or you know, how do you react to that, right? Because everybody's motivated differently, yeah. right? Some people take losses really hard. Some people it just rolls off their back and they just go back to work, right? I'm not gonna lie, I'm a
9: sore loser, bro. To be honest, so uh, it makes me definitely make me work harder, look at myself harder, brave myself harder. You know, no matter what I do, I'm always trying to see if I can get better. And what, what can I do to not not let us not, not let us get a down there? You know what I'm saying? So I'm hard on myself. So I just get back in the lab, man. Just keep keep, keep working.
8: Uh, as a former player, man. I really. Enjoy watching you play. I know this was a tough loss. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, appreciate that,
0: man. That's C.J. Revis. What a great football player. Derek Moncrief's an awesome player too, man. What he's doing out there, and uh, <clears throat> I mean he couldn't keep up with Keon Hatcher, and you can't blame him. The like Keon that was Hatcher. a nice play that he
4: had along the side. Yeah, I he did. Almost yeah. pick.
0: Good play by yeah. Hatcher to pull pull it out towards the end, uh, and they had to give him a little help over the top. But the Riders, I'll tell you one thing, Zinger. As we go to break here, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders miss. Roland Milligan more than people thought. Roland Milligan was not only great on special teams; he was a veteran leader back there in the defense, and uh, an obviously great cover guy. Like he was, he was right there as the best. Like I think he was the best defensive player on the team. I've always thought so. I I yep. really do, and that it hurt it hurt to have him out of the lineup. So agent zero, yeah, I don't know if I like the number, but no. uh, we'll get to uh, Rob Vanstone on the other side. Uh, we'll get to some of your texts too. We'll take your calls too. On the passing of George Reed, would have been his eighty fourth birthday today. Passed away yesterday, October first, twenty twenty three, which adds to thirty four. And as this texter tells us. Uh, This is special. Kim says, uh, George Reed, number 34, passing in 2023. Ron Lancaster's number. Interesting. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
2: The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. I think that's Green Day, the
0: halftime show. I think you're right. Yeah, Halftime show. Man, is Hamilton doing it up? Yeah. They got green. They carry Underwood. Wow. Great job, Bob Young.
4: The hammer.
0: And they might actually, wouldn't it be something if they got to their own gray cup?
4: Yeah, that was...
0: uh, Before we get to all that, let us uh, go out on the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to uh, Ryder Historian, and equally as important to him, being a Denver Bronco fan. Congratulations, your Broncos won the Anxiety Bowl against the Bears.
10: (laughs) Yeah, maybe it cost them a prime draft pick. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for sometimes.
0: (laughs) Hey, thank God for Matt Eberflus. Boy, you couldn't ask for a coach to mess things up worse than him.
10: I could not believe that one. I mean, I... I dealt with Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching strategies last year. So the congratulations bears. You just got hacketed.
0: They got hacketed. Okay. So let's get to the topic. uh, Everything else pales by comparison. The, in my opinion, and you're the writer historian, Rob Vanstone, um, in my opinion, didn't watch either of them play live. Well, I may have, but I would have been three. I wouldn't remember. Um, George Reed's the greatest rough rider of all time. Dale Isaac agreed with me. I think Joe, I think Ron Leincaster's the greatest figure in CFL history when you take his coaching, when you take his uh, playing, and when you take his broadcasting, he's the greatest figure in CFL history, in my opinion. But the greatest rider is George Reed.
10: I've never been able to process that coin flip, and it might sound like I'm I'm uh, I'm bailing on that one, but I've never been able to make that decision. I just uh it it I wrestled with it for most of my life and I I've, I've never been able to definitively declare at least or come to terms in my own mind of who was the greatest, which says I mean they're so synonymous with one another and uh, and they made each other better, they made the team better, they made the province and the league better. Um
0: I think so I think what's interesting, just, Rob though, is if you did it off the top of your head, off the top of my head, if I did a Mount Rushmore of Rough Riders, okay? The four faces I would put on, in no particular order: Ron Lancaster, a man who will be here this weekend; Darian Durant, Ken Austin, and George Reed. One of them's a running back; the other three are quarterbacks, and one one is a head coach too. Uh, that's who I would put as my four. Ed McCorders could be in the mix. There's a bunch of, but but what I'm saying is is or what i want to ask you is so don't answer my question be a politician fine but why would you, why would george reed be it mentioned in the coin flip in your opinion
10: um just i mean the amazing durability the amazing productivity uh the amazing presence away from the football field I mean, 11 1000 yard seasons 1,768 rushing yards in 1965, 268 yards in a game. Uh, I mean, the first rough fighter to be named the, the league's most outstanding player. Um, and I always, I've always, i tried to you know, come to terms with the who's greatest argument by looking at it and saying, well, maybe you can make, make a case for Ronnie because in 1976, the first year without George, Ronnie was named the league's most outstanding player for the second time. So I think, okay, maybe it's advantage Ronnie. But then I think, yeah, but if they'd had George for the 76th Great Cup, they would have won it. Advantage George. And that's the tennis match I've been playing with myself for years. I've never been able to confidently assert, yeah, I think it's Ronnie, I think it's George. And I'm fine with that. Uh, It's not even a political answer because I can't even answer the question. Myself, let
0: alone <laughs> sure. Anybody here, else here's I why. Here, just what you said, Rob, Robin. Nobody knows Ryder, a history like you. Here, here's why I'd go with George too. Okay, Ron Lancaster was outstanding. Okay, he was the the little general, the leader of that offense. But there was 34 in the backfield that not only was a running back, was a blocker for, uh, you know, his his back mate, and also for Ron Lancaster when the blitzes were coming. Also, everybody knew when George Reed was getting the football. Everybody knew it, and he still got it. He had 4.2 yards, I think, when he was a rookie, and by the end he was averaging 4.5 yards a carry, which is crazy.
10: Yeah, and one of his best, one of his best seasons was his last one. At age 36, he had the third highest rushing yardage total Um, of his career the year before a season in which he turned 35 he led the league in rushing yardage and then he rushed for more yards a year later and scored six more touchdowns a year later unbelievable I i keep going back to the 76 great cup game and it's fundamental to that argument i have with myself and you think if george was there i don't ever remember george being stopped on third and one and in that 76 great cup game there was a third and one situation deep in Ottawa territory in the second quarter and the riders got stuffed in the third quarter of that game. They opted to punt on a third and one because I just don't think they had confidence. They could get the yard. If George Reed's playing in that game, there's two third and one, one that they convert another one, they go for and convert. And how does that game unfold from there?
0: You know, um, Stats are one thing. But let's talk about George Reed off the field. Just what a great guy. Special Olympics, working with your friend Bob Hughes, uh, all the endeavors off the field, always took pictures. I actually, my friend Paul asked me to get him to sign a bunch of stuff. I, I took two bags of stuff over probably, I want to say three months ago or so, and George signed it all. Like, And he went and right up until the end was going to Ryder games.
10: Well, I mean, he was at the Edmonton game in mid-September. And, uh, you know, I remember I used to do a sports memorabilia sale when I was at the Leader Post to raise money for charity. And I would ask George to sign some things, and he would say, you know, come by my office to pick it up. So I used to leave the pictures at the front desk, and then he, he would sign like 10 or 20 pictures, and I'd pick them up. Well, I would go to pick them up, and not only would he have signed all the pictures, but he would have added a bobblehead, a stamp, you know, things on top of that—that's what he would do, and he—he he did it so routinely. I just—I can't imagine how he anybody would have the capacity to deal with all of that, just time management-wise. Let alone deal with it as graciously and patiently as he did, and then do it for that duration. We'll never see anyone like this again.
0: No, and Dale Isaac made a great point. Uh, he said a lot of people leave Saskatchewan to be big, bigger than life. Ronnie and George came to Saskatchewan to be bigger in life. And kudos to Jim Hobson for bringing uh, George Reed back here when he was kind of down on life and not uh, not in the greatest situation. Brought him back to a place of reverence here in Saskatchewan.
10: And you have to remember when that happened, too. Right after we lost Ronnie. So everybody was feeling just so wounded i mean we'd lost we'd lost ronnie and, and george was living in calgary and so it was only a few months after that we lost ronnie on september 18th of 2008 and i think it was in december of two. i mean in in December 2008 it was announced that George was going to come back to work for the Saskatchewan Gaming Corporation and early the following year George and Angie moved back to Regina and then he just hit the ground running it's like he'd never left and he was again doing work with the Special Olympics again appearing everywhere on behalf of everything and uh, having infinite patience somehow for everyone it just uh, it's like those 25 years that he was was away from us it's like we made up for lost time when he was here. And yeah. we're, we're so lucky that we had George for these 14 years when he moved back here. I'm so glad it happened.
0: It's really what makes the CFL great, right? Like, you wouldn't see, I, I'm assuming you wouldn't see Jim Brown or Emmett Smith in the grocery store, but you see George Reed at a grocery store, at a Thunder dinner, at a Ryder game. At a, you know what I mean? It was, it, 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 that's what makes the CFL great.
10: Yeah, I mean the the NFL player probably owns the entire chain of grocery stores <laughs> if, if, if they were associated with such a business. The um, you know it's it's always been such an intimate arrangement. And you look at the Ronnie and George era too. I mean, I went to school with all their kids. Whether it was Massey School or Campbell Collegiate, everybody knew where they lived. Ronnie's number and home address were listed in the telephone directory. Um, you know, things like that. You, know, you could go watch Ronnie um, play football on a Sunday, and the, night, the next night he might be opening the gate at a minor hockey game uh, because he was sort of an assistant coach when, his, uh, when Bobby or Ron Jr. were playing hockey. You might see him, you know, in Atlanta's sports, you know, it just or Atlanta's activities. You they they might be sitting in the bleachers with them at a high school gym the night after you were watching them play Edmonton or Calgary or BC or Hamilton.
0: Yeah, it was really a working man's league back then, wasn't it? Like those guys worked too; they they weren't just football players. No,
10: I mean it was structured in a manner that they could have worked full time during the season and and still play football. The practices typically began in the in the infield of a horse racing track around 5.30 in the afternoon. So George would work at Bolson and, uh, and Ronnie would be teaching and coaching at Central Collegiate and, and Al Ford would be over at Sheldon and, and, and Ed McCorders would be at Sass Power and uh, they would all meet uh, in practice and practice. And on top of all that, George was also working with the CFL Players Association and playing and working for Molson and doing, you know, uh, the early years of the George Reed Foundation. I mean, honestly, how was that possible? It would, you, you know, you would think that he would need like a, an administration staff of twenty to handle all of it, and he did it all as an individual.
0: Man, I got Craig Reynolds on later. Ask, see what uh, maybe type of, uh, what type of, uh, you know, uh, remembrance they'll have for George Reed, How they're going to honor him? I will tell you this though. Doesn't this? Isn't this funny? Just to wrap up, not funny, haha, but ironically funny. Hamilton came here, and I remember when all the Riders ran out for that 2013 Grey Cup, which by the way, we're honoring the Riders uh, 2013 team here this weekend. And as soon as they ran out of that tunnel, I'm like, Hamilton doesn't stand a chance. I don't see any way the Tiger Cats stand a chance this week. I I mean, they're a professional team. They're playing pretty good football. But the, uh, I mean, with all the emotion, I just got to think it'll be the easiest week for Coach Dickinson and his staff to get the guys up. If they, if they truly can tap into one what this passing means for the organization and what this guy meant?
10: Yeah, there's going to be such a vibe and a buzz, and there already was going to be with the 2013 team coming back. I mean, it's called Legends Night, and if anybody meets that description, it's it's certainly George Reed. And uh, I mean, we had a taste of it in September of, of 2008 when BC was here on the on the Saturday after we lost Ronnie, and now there's another home game on on the Saturday after we lost Ronnie, um, after we lost George. Pardon me. Uh, the first George Reed Day was held October 7th, 1973, at uh, Taylor Field. Saturday's game is being played on the 50th anniversary of George, the first George Reed Day. The second George Reed Day was October 24th, 1976, which was on the 11th anniversary of the day he rushed for a team record 268 yards against BC
0: hate to say it but it seems like everything is lined up uh, uh i would hate to be a tiger cat coming into town thanks for your. thank <laughs> Good thank luck to them. yeah thanks for your time it's almost like they're the denver broncos the roadkill <laughs> <laughs> hey uh thanks for your time man i appreciate it thanks for your time Baldi, and for, mem- for remembering george St. yeah for sure absolutely who couldn't greatest rider of all time in my opinion uh, we'll get to uh, some of your texts here, but on the other side, Jim Hobson joins us. Yes, Jim Hobson, credited with bringing back George Reed to town, his old teammate. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
2: 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and you're home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball.
0: Welcome back to the show. Hey, we've got a couple of texts we'll get to before we get to our next guest. Uh, this from Mike with the Dolagala offense. There's no imagination. Are they worried about him fumbling? We need the real backup Mason Fine put in. Put Dolagala third string. It's about time we see Mason. That's from Mike. Um, Mike says, uh, also the, another Mike. It's like the Riders popping champagne if they clinch the playoffs this year. Uh, relating to the Jays popping Champagne, uh, would be a butt-kicking invitation. I've seen George Reed around the university. Seeing him was like seeing a movie star. You don't like the stare, but he had presence. He was an absolute legend. They should rename the AGT Lounge the George Reed Lounge. Don't know what they're going to do. We'll have Craig Reynolds on here about uh, 4.30. The commissioner's up next, but this guy was in the CFL for a long time as a player and then um, an administrator. He was the president during... Arguably the greatest error in Rough Rider history, Jim Hopson. He joins us. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Well, I understand you had a little bit of a go here the last couple of days because you got a new uh, cancer medication that kind of knocked you on your butt a bit.
6: Yeah, I was in the hospital for a few hours on Saturday. And yesterday, pretty much spent the whole day there from noon until till midnight almost. And, uh, yeah, so my voice might sound a little raspy. It's... Uh, uh, you just never know how these medications are gonna react, and uh mm-hmm. uh everybody's different so uh, but we're on the man <clears throat> and uh feeling somewhat better, starting to Eat again i just wasn 't hungry for a long time, which uh, was a rare thing in my life but that's,
0: uh, that's <laughs> how goes hey uh, George or, uh, Jim with a raspy voice, you still sound way better than yours, truly so good job uh, <laughs> so so let 's talk about uh, your friend george reed and i want to I want to fast forward a bit then we 'll rewind fast forward to bringing him home we've t- kind of touched on this the last time you were here when you were both supposed to come and he he couldn't make it um you decided to bring him home and it was one of the best moves you ever did what what went into that
6: well uh, it was kind of a group effort uh it was really ted or that came to me one day we were walking around the stadium and uh sat down in the locker room and he said we got to get george back and i said uh, yeah that'd be great and, he said it, it's not good for George in, in Calgary, and he told me the story of George Reed, if you can imagine, uh, working at a uh, superstore at midnight stocking shelves, and I was like, oh my God, this this is this is not good, and so uh, between. Uh, you know, myself and, uh, and Brad Wall and, and uh, uh, people over at Casino Regina, we were able to put together something where he'd come back and work for the casino and, of course, be uh, uh, an ambassador for us. And we supplied uh, uh, a vehicle and, and different things, and, and he, he did a lot for us. And then, of course, he did so much for the casino. So it was, uh, it was unbelievable. When you think about that, how many people would be brought back uh, to the province because uh, of the love that they have for him and they would wanted to see him uh, be the George Reed that we all grew in love, so it was kind of a
0: remarkable thing now i've i've asked you this before you won 't make uh you won't budge I think he's the greatest rough rider of all time. I think uh Ron Linecast is the greatest figure in c f l history so uh all due respect to twenty three that way but I think George Reed, when everybody knew who was getting the ball, he still got the ball and was unstoppable that 's why I put him right up there uh as the greatest of all time um but when you think of George Reed, what do you, th- you know, is it hard to put into words what you think about him?
6: Oh, you think so much. What you, what you just said is so true, Ballsy. Uh Steve Mazurik and I had a long talk this afternoon about our, our great friend, uh, George, and, and uh, some funny stories about, about uh, our time with him. But uh, he made the same point as you. He said, we go in a huddle, give it to George. Next play, give it to George. Next play, give it to George. And Matt says, "I wanted the ball too, but you know, George, unbelievable. Ronnie would just give it to him time after time. Uh, we talked about what a stoic he was. Uh, you know, he just was so tough, and he, he was a football player, and and he just didn't complain. Uh, we don't know that we ever sp- saw him spike the ball. Took the ball, handed it back to the to the ref." Uh, very much a class act, so key. I mean, uh, we knew that when we needed three yards, we were going to get three yards. Uh, he didn't lead by by being a vocal uh, guy in the, in the locker room. He led by example. Uh, he did that in his own life, too. Uh, uh, we loved sitting with him. We talked about uh, we'd see him coming into the office uh, for a visit. He came by about once a week. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, he'd always say, uh come on guys and outside we'd go and George would have a, a dark he'd say and a cigarette we always marveled that this guy could could be the athlete he was he <laughs> still enjoyed his odd cigarette and uh but we you know um just a class act through and through and through uh his patience with with fans his willingness to put in the time be there uh he just was remarkable that way and uh uh, you know, I can't tell you about the number of times we we spent with him and get him getting, getting autographs and everything else. So, a lot of good stories. Uh, I was <laughs> telling uh, Maz, uh, I probably was in camp at least two weeks in my first, Steve and I went up same time, 73, and, uh, we had a scrimmage, and I, George, had not said a word to me, and I wasn't offended because George didn't say a lot anytime time, at the best of times, sort of thing. And uh, we were doing a, a pass, co scrimmage, and uh, I backed up too far, and I stepped on George's foot, and George looked at me and said, "Get off my feet, rookie." <laughs> that was <laughs> the first comment, and I didn't get another one for a long time. Uh, but he uh, was just great. He, he now we talk about how quiet he was leading by example, but I'll tell you what, there was nothing better than getting George holding court. You know, we get George uh, to have a couple of beer maybe and uh, start start getting, holding his, uh, his court and giving his opinions on what was going on in the league and so on. He could be just great. We just loved it when we could get him to do that. But generally pretty quiet and uh, led by example uh, and, and always... Uh,
0: Always there when you need them most. Yeah. Uh, This is Jim Hopson uh, joining us here, former president and uh, CEO of the Rough Riders, and, of course, former player, too, at the Rams and the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And that's the one thing. Dale Isaac mentioned this to kick off the show. George, Ronnie came to Saskatchewan. Like, a lot of people leave Saskatchewan to get big. These guys came to Saskatchewan, got big, loved it here. What about Saskatchewan did George Reid love? Because he really did, like, and you know he went away, uh, speaks to his humble uh, humble nature that he would even think of stocking store shelves, overnight at superstore. He comes back here when he came back here, he hit the ground running and really got back like it was like he never left. What did he love about saskatchewan?
6: oh, he loved a lot he he really uh, liked the fact that he could live a normal life. His kids could go to high school and uh, uh, he you know they just could you know. Have, have neighborhood friends and, and be part of the community. He also loved the, op- the opportunities he had to give back, you know, the so many things that he got involved in, the charities and the so on, it was just incredible. So he really enjoyed that. And he enjoyed his job at Wilson's as, uh, as a sales rep and then manager, and uh, he got to travel around the province and visit people, and so uh, I think he just, and he felt after after the first couple of years, he wasn't sure about you know wh- whether he was going to be accepted and all that kind of stuff. But after a couple three years, he knew he was accepted and he knew that uh, he could have a great life here with his family. And and I think a lot of people know, most people know that George could have gone to the NFL. The Denver Broncos uh, really wanted him to come and offered him a uh, a contract. But the money wasn't that different in those days. And George looked at his life here with his. Th- three kids and angie and uh uh bolson's and so he just thought hey i got a good life and of course he had, then he got so involved in the player association and that became a big driving force uh, behind why he was here and why he wanted to be here
0: <clears throat> jim i really appreciate you being a gamer as you always have been taking time uh talking as you're uh, battling your uh, cancer too our thoughts and prayers go out to you and uh and brenda and uh hey um, we will. Uh, I'm sure the Tiger Cats don't stand a chance on Saturday now. <laughs> I, I had a good feeling about the game before, but I kind of think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> feels, like the 23- feels like the 2013 Great Cup all over again when they were dead there. It feels like uh, this will be the easiest week for Coach Dickinson and the gang to get up for a game. Thanks for your time, Jim. Take care, okay? Always a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Jim Opson joining us, remembering his friend George Reen. What a great I mean, not a great story in terms of George Reed, the greatest of all time, stocking shelves at Superstore in Calgary. And Jim Hobson, Ernest, Brad Wall, they all get together, bring them back to Saskatchewan, hits the ground running, and uh, at every Rough Rider game, right till the last uh, game, the game against Edmonton. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
2: Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Under pressure, hit. O'Connell dragged down. They do it again.
3: Yes. Khalil <laughs> back. Four pack of sacks. It's a pass. Holding on to the ball. Under pressure. And how about Khalil back? <laughs> oh, with his fifth sack. <laughs> O'Connell looking in the middle of the field.
4: Hit. And he is dropped. Sacked. Sacked. Who do you think it was? (laughs) Unbelievable. The sixth sack for Khalil Mack, a new Chargers record. Yeah, the sack attack was on display on Sunday afternoon. Khalil Mack of the L.A. Chargers, six sacks as the Chargers take down a divisional foe. Las Vegas Raiders, 24-17, the final score. And left really no doubt, Khalil Mack is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, rogator, gleaner, and fan dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077.
0: And here's the crazy thing. So Mac is the fifth player in NFL history to do that. Put this into perspective. This is a mind-blowing stat here, or stats. Um, so the Raiders dropped back 39 times, <clears throat> gave up seven sacks, six of them to Cleo Mack, because you heard from Sean Kleisinger. When Dan Marino led the NFL in pass attempts with 606 in 1988, he took six sacks all season. Crazy, uh, all right. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and uh, friend of the show, the Commissioner of the CFL, Randy Ambrosi, joins us. He was an offensive lineman. Uh, what What's the most sacks you've given up in a game, Randy Ambrosi?
11: Michael, I have the advantage now of having uh, some distance between uh, where I am today and my playing career. I, I, so I can just say that I don't remember giving up any. Yeah. And let's go with that as just an idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, except the 89 Eddie Lowe coming around the end and uh, Dave Albright <laughs> scooping it up, right? there was that one, right?
11: You know what? Well, listen, I. you know, there's always – your memory is better than mine, apparently. <laughs> and in some ways, I wish it wasn't. Okay.
0: Hey, uh, but let's talk about uh, fun memories of – I think he's the greatest rough rider that's ever played. Uh, I've said Ron Linecaster, may be the greatest figure in CFL history when you uh, combine his playing, his coaching, and his outstanding broadcasting for the CBC for those years. But George Reed was the dude in Saskatchewan, in my opinion.
11: Well, he certainly was. And uh, look, I think today and for a lot of days to follow, there should be no argument that George is, with, if not the greatest of all time, certainly one of the greatest of all time. And and Michael, as you well know, it wasn't just about what he did on the field. Certainly, that was staggering. Thirteen seasons, only missed five regular season games in thirteen seasons, and all of his stats and all of the awards he won. But for all of that, Michael, it was it was the man that was George Reed off the field that continues to uh, uh, focus my mind about just what it was like to be able to be around George. And to uh, have had a chance to know him as a person because as good as he was as a player he was uh, he was that much better as a human being
0: yeah what was that like for you uh you know not only as a former player and you know a fellow alumni of the cfl but then when you got the uh the chairs the commissioner
11: well you know look i i, I go back to my days on the pa first michael and going into those meeting rooms and uh you know here we are a bunch of young guys and filled with all kinds of ideas and George would sit there politely listening to us. And then, you know, like he just would kind of let us run out of steam and then it would be kind of very matter of fact, well, here's what we're going to do. And, uh, and, would and when George Reed spoke, he listened because he was George Reed and, uh, he was just handled himself with such professionalism. I, I felt like I was, I really wasn't in, in the presence of somebody truly great, learned a lot from George during those times. And then to come back into the league, and to see George, uh, you know, in the role of commissioner and, you know, his, his great friend, Wayne Morsky, great friend of the, of the riders, great, great friend to all of the CFL, you know, Wayne Morsky and I would, you know, Wayne would uh, either pick George up or, or we would make time to meet George. And those were special times for me and uh, times I'll never forget. I'll never be able to thank Wayne enough for, you know, his um, his help, how much he helped George but I'll also never uh, never be able to thank Wayne enough for making sure that I always had those chances to connect with George Reed. They were pretty special.
0: Randy, did he ever give you any free advice from the back seat when you picked him up, or the front seat, you're in the back seat? Did he ever give you any free advice as a guy watching the league when you were commish?
11: You know what, I, I think there was always, I mean, George was a pretty quiet guy, pretty humble, but uh, I think what George and I talked about, you know, George wanted the league to move forward. Uh, you know, he was always interested in what uh, in what was happening. I thought, uh, you know, that I believe, and, and, I, and it was on display when he was the head of the player Association, George wanted the league to succeed. He was very much in the mode, you know, how do we take the league to the next level of success? And those were the questions when he asked uh, when we were together. He'd always ask, how's the league doing? And you could just feel how much it mattered to him. And, you know, I'd have a chance to share a thing or two or an idea or two with them. You know, in a weird way, Michael, uh, the fact that he passed away, you know, a day before his 84th birthday. Uh, but this season, um, we're having some phenomenal success, uh, long, long awaited success. You know, the what's happening with our broadcast ratings, what's happening on our social media platforms, all of the marketing efforts we've made and um, and i think this was a year that george was proud of because his beloved cfl was starting to achieve great success and i feel like it was a a, a great year a great send off for somebody who's so important to the league both in its its history but uh, george will always be remembered and he he's left this indelible imprint on us but i feel like this year was special to send George off uh, on a on a positive note.
0: I uh, I wonder, you know, you, you know, Bud Grant passing away. There's there's a lot of legends in different teams, but will you guys as a league honor George this weekend uh, across the league in terms of uh, you know maybe a moment of silence or something like that?
11: Well, there is conversations underway right now. I, I can tell you, first of all, a real shout out to Craig Reynolds, uh, and Michael. You know how. Uh, you know how much I appreciate everything that Craig does, not just for the riders, but for the league. Rick Craig and I talked yesterday. He let me know that uh, that George had passed, and uh, we've had a conversation on and off with our teams uh, all day today, and we'll, we'll continue into you know into the evening and tomorrow uh, about how do we you know how do we collaborate here. I, I can't speak specifically mm-hmm. to the plans. I know in my heart, Michael, I can sp- I can say this with confidence. I will be honoring George Reed every day for the rest of my life because I, I truly believe is one of the greats of all time. And and then when you add to the fact that one of his closest friends and greatest teammates was Ron Lancaster, those are two guys that I'll never be able to thank enough for everything they've done for our league.
0: For sure. Um, and, and I think he really is an example of what, what this league is all about. It's always been a mom and pop league. The players have always been accessible and George, gave back, and was a member of the community. And I think uh, that's probably what you want to see continue and maybe even expand for the CFL going forward. Get these guys out in the community.
11: Yeah, and, and Michael, that's, I think you've summarized it beautifully. Look, we are really two things. On the field, we're fun, fast, and entertaining. Those are three qualities that George Reed uh, exemplified. And off the field, we're all about community, and that's a quality that George exemplified. If I was to say what is it that George left behind, I think he left a standard of excellence both on the field and off that we should all aspire to. And that's what I think we have to take away from George's passing is now he's passed the torch to, to us to take the league to the next level, fun, fast, and entertaining on the field, fun, fast, and entertaining in all that we do, but to remember at the heart of everything, and, and Ryder Nation knows this as well as anywhere in the country, This is a league that is about the community and we always need to maintain our focus on making sure we stay connected to the most important stakeholder we have. And that's our fans.
0: So lastly, Randy, uh, George Reed came to every game, so he was still a fan of the game. So I'm going to ask you a uh, media slash fan related question. Okay, just one. All right. One of the things I liked about you when you came on as the commissioner mid season, you had uh, seen enough with his pass interference and all the challenges and stuff, and you made a change midstream. And I'm like, that is that's awesome. Okay, I watched the Montreal Alouettes. Kudos to them. They worked that They work that rule to perfection, but they punted the ball one yard onside and recovered it. Um, to me, I don't know about that going forward. What do you think when you see that? And could there be some discussion about that? Because I'd hate to see our game kind of get, uh, I don't know, Just it, it looks kind of Mickey Mouse to me when we do that. But hey, kudos well, to you know, Montreal. Well, kudos to Montreal. Yeah. They, they did it.
11: Well, look, I think that's one of the things that I'm really enjoying about where we are as a league right now. That We're going to take the entirety of the season. uh, We'll reflect on it when the season ends. We'll put our coaches, GMs in a room, have a really good conversation about all the things they saw that they liked, all the potential rule changes that they might suggest. And then there's a healthy debate back and forth. We're really letting our football guys have a strong voice in the direction we take. Look, what we want, Michael, Fun, fast, and entertaining. We want this to be, we don't, you don't have to be big to be great. We are great, but we are not the biggest pro football league in the world. But boy, we deliver on those three qualities. But I really like the idea that if somebody says to one of our coaches or GMs or one of our coaches and GMs doesn't like what they saw there, it's going to come up in a meeting room. They're going to have a chance to talk about it. They'll debate whether or not it should stay or not stay. And I think giving our coaches and GMs a real voice in the future of our game, I think that's just going to make our game stronger going forward.
0: This guy here asked me to come on the show to talk about George Reed, so kudos to the commissioner, Randy Ambrosi. Thanks for your time, man. Have yourself a good weekend guys have a great day and great talking to you again michael take care that's the commissioner randy Ambrosi. when we come back some more front office chatter we got the president ceo of the saskatchewan rough riders craig reynolds joining us here it's the sports cage on 620 ckrm
2: the sports cage is your voice for football not only in the province but around canada this is the sports cage cfl reports a look at what's happening in our three
3: down game 21 carries for 103 yards by George Reed. First down, Saskatchewan. The Ottawa 31. Reed again gets the call. He may be gone. Touchdown. And he broke a tackle right at the line of scrimmage and he got in that secondary and he wasn't about to be blocked down. I talked to George Reid last year, just a year ago at this time, when he received his national award in Toronto, he said his ambition was to play in a great cup game and be a winner.
0: Oh yeah, George Reed, the game-clinching touchdown. First ever championship for the Rough Riders in 1966. The beauty of YouTube is you can go back and watch the game. Outstanding. And right before that touchdown, he got like a 10-yard run, and he got mad. He kicked the ground because he knew he would have scored there, and then he just scored the very next play. He's like, just give me the damn ball. I'm going to score, and he did. Y'all want to win? Put George yeah, get on my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. The president of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders joining us, Craig Reynolds. Thanks for taking time out of your- schedule Craig I appreciate it yeah no thanks for having me Michael all right so never an easy day I say George Reed's the greatest rough rider of all time I think uh, I think uh, Ron Linecaster may be the greatest figure in CFL history but uh, George Reed he was the dude around here he was going to games right till the end which was always cool
12: yeah you know I, I said it earlier today Michael but I, I honestly believe he was the most one of the most influential figures in the history of the Saskatchewan rough riders he just meant so much to this province, he meant so much to our club. I think he inspired an, a whole generation of, of football fans, of Rough Rider fans who have now passed on that band to their kids, of which I'm one of those, um, and, and and so on and so on. So I just think he's he's he was an extremely influential uh, member of our organization.
0: Is there a way... These are young guys, okay. These are young guys now playing for the Rough Riders. They they know kind of who George Reed is, and I'm not saying that disrespectfully, but they don't really get it. Is there a way that the ball club this weekend can uh, can really pound it home for them in a way of a tribute or something like that?
12: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I know coach is talking to the team tomorrow uh, in the team meeting, just on uh, you know who George was, how much he meant to the organization, how important he. He, he was to the province and and to the rough riders and, and what he meant uh, to to the club and and yeah we're gonna do our our absolute best on Saturday to pay tribute to a man who deserves um, every uh piece of recognition that he that he's gotten and 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 um, you know our club is really um, you know um, focusing on on this of doing a really really good job um, something that um, you know the, the reed family we be, be proud of and certainly our players will Will uh, you know? See, see many aspects of of what we're trying to do, and and hopefully uh, be inspired uh, through that.
0: Kind of ironic, uh, and I don't mean this in a in in a disrespectful way either. It's kind of ironic that he passes away, uh, and it's Legends Night coming up. Like it's Legends Night. You can't get a bigger legend than that. I know you're celebrating the 2013 team. Most of the teams coming in. It's going to be a a wonderful weekend. But this uh, this tops everything.
12: Yeah, it does. It is. It is. Uh, you know, interesting that it is legends night. And, and also it's actually 50 years to the day, October 7th. If you can believe this from when the promise declared, uh, October, uh, 7th, uh, 50 years ago, George Reed day. So, um, there's a lot of interesting, uh, pieces to, to Saturday. And, and like I said before, we just really want to, uh, do a, do a, do a, a really good job of, of recognizing and paying tribute to George.
0: And, uh, just lastly, uh, well, two more questions for you. I asked Randy Ambrosi this. We had him on right before you. Uh, by the way, kind words for you once again in uh, in all you do at the league, so that's good. Uh, but he, um, I asked him, did George give you any free advice as the commissioner? So I'll ask you, did he give you any free advice as the president of his favorite team, the Rough Riders?
12: Yeah, he, he certainly he certainly would at, at times, Michael, and that's what I love about George. He was so passionate about the Saskatchewan Rock Riders. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I get very frustrated after after losses. Certainly after home losses are especially frustrating. But if I could name one person who I know was more frustrated with with losing, it was it was certainly George Reed. Uh you know, after many games he was up in section thirty four and if we we dropped the game at at home, he certainly uh he certainly gave me some, some advice and uh, he just was so passionate about the team and wanted the best for the team. And, um, and so, yeah, he certainly had certain words of wisdom. I'll keep, I'll keep many of those to myself, mm-hmm. but, uh, but he was, uh, he was a passionate Rough Rider supporter until um, uh, the end. Um, you know, we've had, we had some great conversations this year, uh, even around, around the team and, and what he saw. And, you know, for George, so much of it was, was effort, um, and energy, and, um, and he really, uh, that's how he played, obviously, uh, and that's what he really admired in, in football teams.
0: You know, in the 2013 Grey Cup, Craig, uh, I didn't think Hamilton had a chance, especially after the team ran out. They weren't supposed to, but they all ran out as one. And then, you know, fine after, but who cares? We won the Grey Cup. I really feel like it, uh, it'll be an uphill battle for the Tiger Cats. It was already going to be because the 2013 be, uh, team is being honored, but then this man, it, there should be, there should be a great. I can't wait to see the vibe. This should be a one to remember.
12: Yeah, it really should be, and and you you, you mentioned obviously, Legislates and the 2013 team. We've got so many guys coming back, and we're so excited about that. And you know, game day um, was was going to be really outstanding with with the 2013 team and just how we're going to involve them through the course of the game. And now, you know, just you know, um, recognizing George and paying tribute to George, and I think the emotion that that's going to create in the, in the stadium, it's it's going to be really a special night. Um, and and there's going to be a lot of um energy in the stadium, unique energy in the stadium I, I I think. And and um yeah it's ironic that it's again the tie Cats, um uh, cause as, you know we all remember that that uh, that moment in twenty thirteen when the, the team came out uh, all together. Uh,
0: started the great company. Hey, lastly, uh, Craig, uh, we were on the plane together coming back from BC. I, I don't sense any quit in this team. I really don't think this is a six and nine team. I think it's better than a six and nine team, but it's been a real head scratcher here the last little bit. After that, you know, it looked like okay. That was a couple of statement wins, BC and Winnipeg, and then the, I don't want to say the wheels have fallen off the wagon, but we've definitely got off the road a little bit here.
12: Yeah, I think Jeremy described it quite well in his media last year or, that, or last week. I think it, I think it's been an up up and down season, and right now uh, we're going through a bit of a, a down patch. But uh, I see tremendous uh, effort. I, I see the guys working hard. I see a, a, a locker room that's committed to turning this around. Um, and and um, and you know and and you know we're in we're in third place right now. Um, so it's it's different than last year where we were we were fighting and climbing, and scrambling. Um, you know, where we control our own destiny, uh, but we need to get we need to get uh, hot here at the right time. We need to string a couple wins together and secure that that third playoff spot. And then once you get into the playoffs, uh, anything can happen, as you know.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Well, it's going to be a great week of activities. And now uh, I, I can't. I don't think anybody can wait to see what you guys got planned for George Reed and the celebration of his life. Thanks for your time, Craig.
12: I yeah, appreciate it so much, Michael.
0: Take care. Take care. That's Craig Reynolds. When we come back, Zinger and I with a pick six, we'll talk some CFL and some NFL. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
2: We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Hi, yeah.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Got some text rolling in. Leonard's not happy. Leonard says Riders couldn't beat the Red Blacks, much less Hamilton Tiger Cats, which is a better record than the Red Blacks. Uh, this from George. Possibly uh, Roger Aldegg in a position for uh, accolades, playing not so heralded position. I think he's referring to my Mount Rushmore of Rough Riders. Who'd be your Mount Rushmore? That's four faces on a on a mountaintop. So I got uh, I got George Reed. I got Ron Linecaster. That's two obvious ones. I've got um, Darian Durant, and I've got Ken Austin because he won two championships, one as a coach, one as a quarterback.
4: Yeah, to me, it has to be George, Ron, and Ken Austin for sure because Ken Austin won two cups. Uh, The last one is... It's very difficult to say because you can, you can, yeah. I, I think yours is is up there, Darren. He he won our other. I mean, Geno Geno
0: and Roger Aldag would be
4: right there. Yeah, that's uh, you can't go wrong either way. Ed McCorders though too. Ed McCorders is a stud. That's a tough one. That, I'll ask Don Hewitt who does rush will be. That beat. last head, yeah, to me is because I think no doubt Ro- uh, Ronnie George and Ken Austin should be three.
0: Tomorrow, let's pick. Let's pick our all Rough Rider team. Ooh. With George passing, let's pick our all Rough Rider team by position.
4: Is it gonna be like like our favorite players? No, let's go. Well, I don't want it. I don't want it just to be stats. Yeah. Let's pick you pick who
0: your all rough rider team would be, and I'll pick my all rough rider team. Okay. Let's do that.
4: Okay. People can weigh in too. Um out of players that we've like watched, like we,
0: watched or you can now you can say we
4: just have to come up with a as, team. with a good with a good template well, on a, okay. a, a good template so we can do this right because you know all-time rider team it's it's too it's too vague because obviously Ronnie and George should be Okay, let's talk about it in a bit here. No. Right.
0: No, but well, you got to have Ronnie and George on.
4: All right. we'll talk about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Folks, that's what you call not show planning. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's go to our pick six here. Okay, so number one of the pick six here, Zinger. That's okay. Don't worry about that. All right. Uh, I want to talk rules. I'll do the sound
4: effect. <laughs> uh,
0: that CFL punt rule has got to be fixed ASAP. I don't care what the commissioner said. Like I would why, be not in th-
4: inter- why not just do that every single time? See, then? here's the
0: thing. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. You could do that every single if time. If the
4: Riders face like a third and 20 on, on yep. Saturday, why not just like throw it out to somebody and just tap it with your toe and recover it that's what you could do literally why not do it every time it
0: should be people were against what i said on uh, on social media there listen it's got to be like it's got to go 10 yards it's yeah. got to go 10 yards, at least 10 yards. And you'll say, Wow, well, come on. Well, look at the punter. The punter punts from 14 or 15 yards back, okay? He punts from 15 yards back. And when he punts, when they do an onside punt, they have guys behind him. So technically, those guys got to go 18 yards to get the ball, right? Mm-hmm. 17, 18 yards to get the ball. No, that one-yard punt isn't the same. It's apples and oranges.
4: It's a mockery of the
0: game. That should be
4: eliminated and, today. And it fits as well because on kickoffs, it has to go, go at 10. least 10 yards. Yes. So why not on a punt? Yes. It should be on the same a punt, thing. It should, be a, it should be a same thing. So there's that. What, like This is a serious question, yeah. though. Why wouldn't we just not see that every single well, time Well, Now, now
0: you can't play the sticks. Kudos to Montreal. Now you can't play the sticks. If a team is second and 19... Okay, a team is second and 19. You can't rush three and drop everybody back because what you could do is swing it out to Lucky Whitehead, let's say, and he just punts it ahead across the line of scrimmage and recovers it.
4: Yeah, I know. That,
0: that, that, and then you get a free set of downs. That's a mockery. Like,
4: what if we see that all the time this week? Like, that's why this is a, a, something that needs to be addressed, like, before the season no, ends. Because it has cup, potential to get out of hand. In the Grey Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Teams could be Imagine facing like winner- a third and thirty-four, Imagine and they could just the- throw a quick hitch
0: pass, and the guy will like it needs to be fixed. Imagine that insufferable team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and their fan base and media. Imagine that insufferable team doing that little little kick and get it. Cause you know if there's a guy that could get it done, it's Mike O'Shea. Mike O'Shea's the ultimate special teams guy. Mm-hmm. Come on. I'm surprised he didn't pick it up. Kudos, you know who would have been part of that. <laughs> Um, Dave Jackson from F.W. Johnson, the Regina kid who was with the Thunder. He's an assistant special teams coach with Montreal. Kudos to the, Like kudos to Montreal, but it's a mockery of the game. It why, needs to why, be fixed.
4: Why just not do it the whole length of the field? Well, you could. Well, just first down, thing. automatic first No, down.
0: no, because now what will happen is it will force defenses to come up and play you so that you can't play the
4: sticks. You know what I mean, though. Oh, like 100%. The, the way it is right now, you could do it the whole length of the field. Now, that's
0: a terrible penalty. That's a terrible needs rule. needs to be fixed. That's a terrible rule. Hand. But the worst penalty in football, without a doubt, and it is not even comparable, happened on Sunday night football, which by the way, the NFL ref screwed that up. Oh, poor Sauce. Sauce Gardner is covering, I don't even know who he was covering, Eighty-three, their tight end or something. And I think he, it
4: was Valdez no oh, it wasn't Valdez, Valdez Anyway, no, wasn't. whoever
0: they're they they hand fighting each other going down the field and he gets a defensive holding penalty. They were second and nineteen or second and forever, the 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 Chiefs. And the defensive holding penalty in the NFL is one is is a a five-yard penalty and an automatic first down. So you as an offense could have it second and 37 if you're the Chiefs, and if the Jets hold you, you get an automatic first down and a five-yard penalty. That's ridiculous. It
4: just makes no sense. It doesn't no, correlate to anything no. going on with the play. Like, why is a holding penalty 50 yards downfield... Why does that equate to a five-yard penalty? Here's another to begin one. With? Here's it another. Makes no sense. Here's another
0: one. Have you ever thought about this? Why is a five-yard offside penalty? Why is an offside five yards but holding on offense ten yards? If we're really trying to score points, that holding penalty should only be five yards. It shouldn't be ten yards. What's the average? What's the average uh, loss on a quarterback sack? Probably seven yards. Yeah. So make it a seven-yard penalty. Why is it a ten-yard penalty? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, that's number one. Number two, this is what I heard from fans. I'm going to ask you,
4: and I'm going to ask the fans. I think I might, uh, your previous point, I think it's because this is just me in my head. There's holding on every single play, right, in in football, and I think it's 10-yard penalty because that is a big, you know, that's a big slap on the wrist, 10 yards. So it just goes to show... The old lineman you can't make it obvious that. So you're then, why why is defensive holding only five yards? That's the one that we don't. I don't know. Next. <laughs> 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 I love <it>. So Jake, <laughs> so to, I heard this about
0: Mason Fine all the time. He doesn't have the it factor. He doesn't have it. So my question to you is: Does Jake Dolegala have the it factor? <sighs>
4: Why do you why do you gotta do this to me? <laughs> I don't. I, I just don't know, Ballsy. I I, I see Jake Dolegala as a as a like a very good looking backup quarterback yeah. so far in the CFO. Yeah.
0: I don't know that he is going to be a legitimate starting quarterback. I don't know. I'm not saying he is or he isn't. It's but just what's interesting, he's still no, young in the but league. Where I'm going with this is I heard every fan throw Mason Fine under the bus and he's no good and he's got doesn't have the it factor. What makes Jake Dolegala have the it factor? Yes, he can throw the ball all over the field. There's no. Doubt About it, and he's got a better arm than Mason Fine. I get it. And he's taller, something that you can't teach. But he's been turning the ball over lately. If Mason Fine was turning the ball over that much, wouldn't we be hearing it from fans?
4: Mm. It's just, it's an interesting question. It's just everybody's riding on the momentum that, you know, Jake got us a couple wins earlier on. And it's just, you know, that I think that steam is finally. Lowering. Yeah. He well, needs to do something he needs great to have again. It. He does need to have a big game. Is that game? momentum that he built up mm-hmm. to you know, get yeah. fans picking him over yeah. Mason Fine? That, that, and I
0: am not starting a quarterback controversy. I think they should stick with Jake Doligala. Uh I don't think he did anything in the last game to say that he shouldn't be the quarterback of the football team. Uh, the one interception was not his fault. Uh, Tevin Jones has to do a better job of catching that. Um, but he misses easy throws. He's got a strong arm, but he misses easy throws. I get off the top of my head, pick three or four out. Yeah. he did protect the ball better last game. He needs to have a big game here and a big game in Calgary. We need this, but it is his team. I'm just wondering why does he have the it factor and not Mason Fine? I think they're pretty comparable right now. That's all I'm saying. Number three. This is interesting. The Bears are actively looking to trade Canadian receiver Chase Claypool. They're keeping him from the facility now. He, he's been benched. He's not happy with what's going on there. Doesn't think he's been used right.
4: Um, I think he's going to be in the CFL. You do. And that poor head coach of Chicago, he got peppered for 10 straight minutes the same question.
0: And he kept answering it the same way. Same way. I don't make I don't make the decisions. I will tell you this uh, he hasn't been drafted. He wasn't drafted in the CFL. I don't think anybody has his rights right now. He'd be. He'd be. I've talked to a couple of personnel guys. And they said he would be unstoppable in the slot in the CFL. Mm. But they've also heard he has some maybe some character issues. Well, so, you see the
4: interview when he was asked, "Do you think the Bears are utilizing you correctly?" And you straight up like, "No." Yeah, like yeah, you, you can't see that kind of thing. No, you can. Number four in the pick six with
0: uh, Zinger and Balsey, the Bengals are in trouble.
4: Yeah, they, they are in big they time do not trouble. Look like they had the three Bengals. points.
0: Burrow's getting... He got sacked three times and knocked down nine times. And he's not that athletic. He's mm. not an athletic quarterback. They got a terrible offensive line. And his calf... They should have rested him until week seven by.
4: Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase is upset, too. His star receiver. He says he's open every bleeping play. And you know, it's crumbling in Cincy. Yeah. It's, uh, not, it's, not it's not Burrow's problem, T, either.
0: T. T Higgins is a broken rib now. Yeah. The Bengals are in trouble. Number five on the pick six. What do you take away from the Friday night game or uh, the Sunday night game?
4: Sunday night game. The Kansas City Jets because they played
0: well. Like Zach Wilson outplayed yeah. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> then
4: he turned into Mark Sanchez. Th- then he at turned the end. into
0: Mark Sanchez at the end. <laughs> and Kansas City was good at the start and the end. But I don't think Kansas City's a Super Bowl team this year.
4: Well, I can tell you what I think about the game. I'm sick of the Taylor Swift oh, saga. Awful. And uh, you know it was like Aaron Rodgers and Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift, they were battling for screen time up in the press box yesterday, and it just took away from the game. It's just like this ain't a soap opera. Let's just play some football already. Yeah, like a little bit, a little bit of it, it's okay. Do but... you feel
0: good if you're a Jets fan after that game, or is it uh, no. we still lost? No,
4: I'm not feeling good. Zach Wilson's your quarterback. You're not gonna like you're yeah. not you're not making the playoffs this yeah. year. And there and they're talking about Aaron Rodgers possibly coming back this year because he's already like walking a bit. That's on, what they're on saying. Crutches. He's not that, coming that, that, back. There's no way. No. No, there's no way. But either. apparently, you only walk. You're only supposed to walk after a Achilles surgery after like 12 weeks. He's doing so after like a couple, which well, is unheard well, okay, of. Okay,
0: so so I'll make that the last. That I'll make that the last of my pick six. Okay, so Zinger, our quarterback is in kind of the same situation. Trevor Harris is. I think he's eight weeks ahead of schedule, eight to nine weeks. But this is like a six to eight month recovery time at best. If you were if you had to give Trevor Harris some advice, would you would you have him come back this year? I say no. If I could sit down with Trevor Harris and tell him, I'd say Trevor, you are a 37-year-old man. You are playing uh, behind the fifth version of this offensive line. Uh, they're they're a scrappy bunch. They're better than last year. Uh, I'm not blaming the O-line at all. But you're not a mobile guy to begin with, and you're 37. You're not 27 or 25. If you get hit again, you're done for your career. You could still play. You could come back next year and be the guy and help get a winner.
4: I'd say if the doctors say that you're good to play, like you're good to play football, that would be good enough for me. I'd be like, yeah, "Okay, baby, let's strap it up. Let's go get the gravy." That's what I'm talking. Oh, okay. About. If the doctors give them the green check mark, ballsy, that means you're good to play. Mm. You know. It's either you're not or you are.
0: Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Way to play with other guys' bodies. That's yeah, I like hey, that. Hey, by the way, my game ball from last uh, week watching football goes to Khalil Mack. Six sacks uh, the That game. was
4: ridiculous. That, that game was just so weird. That was I'm weird glad De- I'm glad Devontae's not like hurt long-term yeah. because I was scared there. Yeah, Do we organic. got a phone call? Yeah. I okay. think this is John.
0: Okay, go ahead. Uh, John?
4: Is that you, there, John?
0: John? Hello. John, go ahead. Yeah. What's up?
7: Hey, guys, I just wanted to uh, say what a sad day, you know, when we lost George Reid? Mm-hmm. The greatest writer of all time.
0: Yeah, that's what I said. I think he is the greatest writer of all time. Yeah. I agree.
7: You know, uh, he is, and you know what, guys, you can mention him in the same breath as uh, Maurice de Rocco, John Belavon, Guy Lafleur, as far as icons in this country.
0: Well, I'd put Wayne Gretzky up there, but you're just a Habs fan.
7: Well, I meant the guys that have passed
0: away, though. Oh yeah, 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 for mm-hmm. sure, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. Oh, you're right. I don't want Wayne to pass away too. No, absolutely, man. And it's kind of ironic that he passes away and we're having Legends Night. He passes away on ten one twenty three, which adds up to thirty four. He passes away in the year twenty three, which was his buddy's number, Ron Lancaster. All kind of lined up, unfortunately.
7: And his uh, 134 rushing touchdowns will probably stand forever. We'll never see that broke.
0: No, and the only reason reason his rushing uh, yardage went by the wayside, and it's no disrespect to our friend Mike Pringle, who we like, uh, is he had more games every season than George Reed.
7: That's right. So that's why I think you put an it by that, because if they played the same amount of games, Pringle would have never touched that record.
0: No, George Reed's the greatest. He's the greatest rough rider and maybe top. He's for sure top five player in CFL history. Mm Mm-hmm for sure hmm. yes
7: I would absolutely agree um, guys and yeah with the NFL it's uh, you know this uh, stuff with uh, like, like you guys said with uh, uh, Taylor Swift and Tra- Travis Kelsey already lay off and just play football and you guys want to do that start up a show a reality show or something
0: well don't worry because the Kelsey brothers and the mama and, and Taylor Swift will all be in there I just can't wait till they break up and all these 14 year old girls hate Travis Kelsey it's going to be great burning jerseys and everything yeah, true <laughs> enough. Hey, man, and thanks. Guys, you know, yeah,
7: I, I agree though with uh, Balzy with you with Trevor Harris. If if I was him, I wouldn't come back till next year because you're right one one more hit and then he's done.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't come back. If I, would I wouldn't come back. Pfizer Aaron Rodgers either, man. Hey, we got a roll. Thanks for your time. Take care, John. Thanks, guys. Yep. When when we come back, we'll catch up with Don Hewitt. It's a sports cage on six twenty CKRM.
2: Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Gage with your host, Michael Ball. All right. Keep
0: the show going.
2: Is it a holiday Monday?
0: I don't know. Because like, like I said, elementary school kids and high school kids in Regina are off today. But university kids are going to school. I know this for a fact. In White City, though, where I live, they were getting on the school bus. The government people are working today, but we're off here. Like, if we are truly honoring and commemorating Truth and Reconciliation Day, which we obviously should, okay, can we pick a day? Could it be Friday or could it be Monday? Mm -hmm. And I know the actual day, September 30th, fell on a Saturday. So let's pick Friday or Monday, and then everybody can honor the day. Because are we really honoring it if we're... Half the people are doing this, and half the people are doing that. It makes zero sense to me. But then again, I'm just a sportscaster that broadcasts games.
4: You were just in Ottawa. You should have talked with with the prime minister.
0: I don't know that. Does every province do that? I don't know. Actually, maybe I don't know. Might... I don't know if it's just a, pro- a provincial thing. Anyway, can we, get the same, can we get on the same? Can we get on Don? Do you know Don? No, I don't. Uh... <laughs>
13: Uh, it should be a national holiday, like the major national holidays, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, like it's a very, it's a yeah, me too. So can we just pick a day? Like half the people are doing Friday and half did Monday. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
4: Yeah, it's it's nationwide. It's nationwide. Nationwide. Okay, nationwide. so here we go. Is on your side.
0: Here we go, Huey. Don Hewitt, legendary broadcaster. We've had a great show today. Jim Hopson, Dale Isaac. Uh, this guy fits right in here. Don Hewitt, uh, you know the professor. So, Don, what do you want to see the Riders do on Saturday as it relates to George Reed?
13: Oh, my goodness me. As it relates to George, well, they couldn't
0: do enough. So here's what we want to see. Zinger and I think that 34 should be painted on the field somewhere. Uh, you know, at both yep. both both ends of the field, like either on both sides of center, or it should be, or if they can, they should put it in the end zone. I, I, if there was a way, I'd like to see him replace the uh, the rider logos with uh, George Reed in the middle, like in the end zones, thirty four, the number thirty four.
13: The more you can do for George, the better.
0: And you go and going it, and going and, and going forward, Don. He always used to sit in section thirty four probably in seat 34. I don't know where his actual seat, but wherever he sat should be a shrine now and nobody should be able to sit in that seat ever again.
13: That'd be fine by me.
0: Absolutely.
13: (laughs) So I mean, you're talking about an individual uh, who was irreplaceable like Ron Lancaster. The two of them were irreplaceable in terms of this province. And that's saying a lot uh, more so than politicians and other leaders. I would suggest. And uh, there's a hole in the heart of the whole province, like there was in 2005 when Ron Lancaster passed away. That uh, you know is a big hole, and uh, it, it's it's a tough. It was a tough day yesterday for thousands and thousands of Saskatch- Saskatchewanians because. A lot of things in play uh, when George and Ronnie uh, were in their heyday. Uh, you know, for one thing, they stayed on the same team. They didn't move around like players do now. Uh, in those days, I mean, there was two NHL teams, Montreal and Toronto, for most of their careers. No Jays, no Raptors. CFL was in its heyday. There was really no information fragmentation, like there's now. And, and those two men. Uh, they represented Saskatchewan on a national stage, which could never happen again. And it was the way they represented Saskatchewan uh, that made everybody so proud of them and being from Saskatchewan. And the thing that, that you know, I might get going here, but the thing that always marvel was also marvelous, I guess, about George Reed was he was never one to look for attention. He didn't seek it out. He was shy in that respect. And I think when people saw his personality as such, uh, they loved him even more uh, as the person that he was. So you had this fabulous football player who was a humble man. And, you know, you don't see that very often sometimes in life. I mean, Take a look at 1,000-yard seasons. I mean, he had 11. Mm -hmm. Nobody else was going to ever break that record. I mean, 1964, he's over 1,000 yards for the Rough Runner. 65, his best year ever. 1,768 yards. 66, over 1,400. 67, over 1,400. 68, over 1,200. 69, over 1,300. 71 almost 1,200, 72, almost 1,100, 1,273. You know, it keeps going, 74, almost 1,500. In 75, he had headaches that he was suffering from uh, lots of concussions, and he still ran in his last season with Saskatchewan for almost 1,500 yards. And, of course, the, the headaches and whatnot ended his career, he finally had to, uh, you know, retire, and he was still at the top of his game, uh, and yet he was a humble man. When and you... another thing about him, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm sort of on our No, that's
0: good. That's good.
13: But a, lot of people, a lot of people should know that don't remember was he was the calming influence on that football team through all those years. He was a calming influence for Ron Lancaster, and he was a calming influence for the whole team. And, uh, you know, even in that 66 Great Cup game, uh, you know, he just banged away and had a heck of a game and led the Rough Riders uh, to their first ever Great Cup victory. And through it all, there was this calmness about him that uh, put his uh, teammates at ease. It was an amazing thing to see. An absolutely amazing thing to see.
0: What was your greatest uh, George Reed football memory? Like, you know, watching him, covering him, whatever. What, what was your greatest memory?
13: Well... I, you know, in terms of a, a great memory, it it, it was some respects the influence that he had on the community, which was so vast in those days. I remember the precursor to the Rider Dinner and now the Plaza of Honor Dinner was uh, Father Mooney's Rider Smoker at the old St. Anne's Parish in South Regina. Hmm. And that's really what started the Ryder Dinners, and I remember in those days, uh, you'd go to Mass, and Father Mooney at St. Anne's, and he'd he'd do his sermon, and he'd say, forgive us for our sins, pray for the sick, and may George Reed rush for 100 yards this afternoon against Montreal. (laughs) That was... That was sermon, the they used to play on Sunday afternoons in those days, of course, Balzey.
0: Yeah, that hey, you know that reminds me of Father Balzer when I was an altar boy. I always loved when it was a rider game day because Father Balzer was uh, <laughs> was a um, he was a season ticket holder, and so he would uh, he'd stand up there and he go, you know, folks, it's game day. There's no sermon today. Because <laughs> he wanted to get he wanted to get to the game fast for the one o'clock kickoff, he had to do breakfast and everything, so he had to get out of there. I loved it, but anyway, back to back to that uh, that great story. Sorry.
13: Well, there's a lot of things you can go on forever, and, and the influence he had continued after his playing days uh, for sure. Uh, one one beef I've always had is the fact that Mike Pringle. Uh, beat his all-time rushing record in the CFL. First, Pringle, sixteen four twenty-five. George, sixteen one one-six. The third guy's like five 6,000 yards, 5,000 yards behind. And the reason I didn't like it and I'll never like it is because of two reasons. First of all, Mike Pringle played in the steroid era. Uh, and he wasn't the only one in steroids, but he certainly was. He was juiced up. And the only juice george reed was using was probably orange juice in the time
0: and smoking and, and smoking
13: and, yeah that's true and secondly of course pringle played uh for a number of years with the baltimore stallings that had an all-american offensive line if you remember the 95 great cup game when baltimore played calgary right here in regina i mean calgary just couldn't match up on their defensive front with these big five american offensive linemen and pringle ran wild in that game and they won the great cup and george reed had none of those advantages none at all yeah and uh yeah. so to me i he he's, he still should be the rushing leader of all time in cfl in my in my
0: opinion yeah and pringle had 18 games george had 14 games
13: yes i mean and and another thing that, that people forget too is George made it much easier for Ron Lancaster because Ron Lancaster was never second and long. George was always giving you those five yards. Ron so, was always looking at second and five. In, in, in those days, they ran all the time in first downs. Like the defense knew they were running. Everybody knew the ball was going to George Reid. There was no doubt about it. First down, it goes to George Reid. The defense stacks it up. They still can't stop him. At second and five, and Ronnie's got lots of advantage. So for that, for that
0: for that, reason, Don, that's why I say George Reed is the greatest rough rider of all time.
13: I wouldn't argue it. And you know what? Had George Reed not retired in 75, they would have won the 76th Great Cup game, without doubt, because he was on the sidelines at that game. If you remember the history, and know you do, Ball Z, uh, Molly McGee cracks his ribs early in that game. They didn't dress Robert Holmes. They had Tom Campana trying to get a first down, and George Reid was on the sidelines and in that game in Toronto. He had a nice leather jacket of some sort, and he was cheering on the team, and John Payne, rightfully so, wanted him on the sidelines to have his presence there with the team in this Great Cup uh, game. And I thought, oh, my goodness, if George was playing in that game, that's that's a win for Saskatchewan without a question that would have been a win for Saskatchewan so you just can go on and on about him and when you say uh, that he's the greatest rough rider, I'm not going to argue that at all and another thing was um, the class that he showed and that, that really was was evident in his battles with Wayne Harris of the Calgary Stampeders in fact the hardest hit I've ever seen uh, in a Rough Rider game, and we had a pretty good one by Brunson earlier in the season on special teams uh, here at the New Stadium, but the old uh, Taylor Field was Harris hitting Reed, and the thud was like, a, there was sort of a, it was a beep sound, and it echoed. And I've never seen a collision like that in my entire life. And both of those men got up and went back to the huddle. There's no trash talk. They respected each other. In fact, Wayne Harris said later, he said, I respected George Reed so much. I tried to hit him as hard as I possibly could, but always clean because he was George Reed. And and George was the same way. Uh. He'd just take poundings and he would just, you know, he'd waddle back to that huddle. He'd get up slow. He'd barely get down in a three-point stance and then as soon as the ball snapped bang he's going into the line of about 100 miles an hour with those big thighs and churning his legs and um, yeah it just it was an incredible rivalry between those two men
0: George uh, Reed George was, Reed never ran back to the, George Reed never ran back to the huddle they asked him why he doesn't run back to the huddle and he said I only get paid to run one way. <laughs> One of the greatest lines of all time, yep. George Reed. Hey, yep. uh, Don, we're up against the clock, man. You always bring a lot to the table, and you'll bring more on uh, Saturday. I'm sure you'll have an opportunity to give some more stories during the pregame show. I hope you will. Thanks for your time, Huey. Okay, thanks,
13: guys. Thanks, Walsey. Take, Take care. Singer.
0: It's awesome. Don, Huey, uh, joining us. When we come back, we hear from Coach Craig Dickinson and Jim Hobson to wrap the show up. This is the Sports Cage on 620
8: CKRM. Uh, we got Coach Dickinson, you know what, well, actually, you really made a good comment here when we were talking off air, uh, you commented that the touchdown before the half really hurt you, talk about that yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
14: well, we felt like we were in a game, we hadn't given up a score, and they were able to score that touchdown with, what, about 15 seconds left, and so, that one hurt us, Luke, and, and we came into the half down eight, um, but I still felt like we had a good shot, you know, one score game, and came out in the third quarter called what i felt like was a, a good kickoff return didn't execute got tackled at our own 25 or 30 and just couldn't get anything going in that third quarter and then found ourselves down too much in in that fourth quarter and we made a valiant comeback attempt but you just can't win consistently when you're down that far so we got to figure out a way to to play better throughout the game and not have to turn it on late obviously the
8: attention's now turning to the playoffs the whole league is talking about it right and you know and it's becoming very apparent that if you guys are in the playoffs coach you're gonna have to go on the road you're gonna have to become road warriors and that hasn't happened yet are you, how concerned are you and what do you think you need to do to turn that around in a, in a really quick window
14: yeah I I'm concerned we're not playing well enough but I really want to put our best foot forward this week we got a home game against Hamilton we got eight days you know, we, we should have ample time to prepare and hopefully get healthy. And then we'll figure it out from there. But we just got to play better, Luke. You know, We haven't played well in the last three weeks. We will have well in spurts, I'll say that. We do play well in spurts, but we haven't played well consistently for 60 minutes. So we just got to keep working. I told the guys, you know, we're in this together. Coaches, yeah. players, football ops, trainers, everybody. And, and we need to play better and we want to play better. Now what are we willing to do to hopefully put our best foot forward and play our best football here these last
8: three right and I think you know that's a really good like hey look listen it's consistent it's funny do you do you have anything in your mind that's that's preventing you from becoming consistent is there one sort of piece of this of the operation logistically of the game day of of something that's that's preventing you from making that step
14: no I I don't I mean I I feel like football is a game of momentum and and, you know you're gonna have highs and lows there'll be points when they have momentum and then you got to find a way to get it back what I don't like is, is I don't like going through droughts there where, you know, you got three or four positions, you don't do well, they score a couple times, and now you find yourself down. And it changes your, your game plan. You know, one of the things we want to do, we want to run the football, we want to be physical. Well, when you're three scores down in the fourth, you got to throw it. And, uh, I want to get away from that if we can, yeah. but we got to have the lead for us to be able to do that. Yeah,
8: you're, you're just getting off schedule, essentially. Yeah,
14: you have to. now you're just trying to call your best game to try to get back into it. So we got to try to stay stay the course, try to run the football early, try to wear teams down a little bit, and stay within striking distance if we do get down. When you go down three scores, it makes it awfully hard to come back.
8: Are there, are there, is there anything that you're actually, like you're actually happy with you know what I mean like like I, this is I don't want to like just sort of you know throw on green sure, goggles sure. but like what aspects of the the operation right now are you are you okay with well I'm
14: happy with the the uh, the effort and really the the commitment level of the, of the players I and mean, we had two or three guys out there tonight that were nicked up pretty good and they just kept playing you know we had them they were out they were back in they were out they were back in and then at the end of the game Everybody that we needed was able to play. And, you know, a lot of them are playing at 60%, 70% and getting it out. So that's what I am happy about. I think we've got good toughness as a group. I think mentally we're pretty strong. I really do. I feel like they, the next man up is strong on our team. we just got to do a couple of little things better. Uh, a couple of those big plays hurt us. You know, the touchdown before the half, the, the bubble screen where we had them second and long, and now they got first and, first and ten out of that thing on, on really a – a play that should be 7 or 8 yards at best and then you know the pick in the end zone murder so there's three or four plays every game that determine the, the outcome and we got to find a way to get on get on the positive side of those plays.
8: Last question coach you mentioned you have 8 days until the next game you've now had Philip Blake back for two games are you anticipating getting any healthier as we move forward here into this last part of the year?
14: Um I don't know if we'll get any healthier but what we do have I feel like the guys we have are are good enough to win with, we just got to get them 100%. I, I think what you saw out there, that'll be the team you see for the most part moving forward, but we got to make sure that those guys um, are 100% going into this next game. And we we weren't, but, uh, you know, there's no excuses. That That's a good BC Lions team. They're tied for first in the West for a reason. They got a good bunch, and, and they played better than us tonight and deserved to win. All right, thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.